Hello, and welcome to the most fast-paced podcast you're going to listen to this year, any year. Because this is the Angry Sun Zone. I'm your host this week, Santo. And I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. And today we're going to talk about the fast, the furious, but not that specific game because we haven't played it. We're going to talk about racing games. Uh, But before we get into that... We have uh, something that, like, we need segment music for or something. For, like, Santo forgot to say something on last week's podcast. Uh, last week we talked about Civ, Civilization. Go check that out if you haven't listened to it already. But one thing that I forgot to mention that was very a very weird experience for me was when the Gathering Storm expansion released for Civ Six, they added Canada as a civilization. <laughs> and reading what how the Canada civilization worked filled me with like some sort of like weird I got like really defensive about it. <laughs> Cuz it's like is this racist? I can't tell. Cuz just like all right, what does Canada do? Well, they have bonus resources from snow and tundra tiles and they could build the hockey rink improvement. <laughs> I got I I got this like weird feeling of like nationalistic pride for my country. Hey, hey I'm man. like, hey man, we're more than that, goddammit. Hey, don't forget. Special unit, the Mountie. He builds national parks. And is more powerful when he's close to national parks. How does that work? Alright. So yeah, it's... I could make some jokes, but they would be in very poor taste. Oh dear. Yeah. I, I am also <laughs> diverting. I am purging all my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's that was a very a very strange experience. But you know what's not a strange experience? Playing a racing game. That's an experience that uh, we've all shared. We've all played. I like talking about a little bit beforehand. I think we played. We played more racing games collectively than I think I originally thought we did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing is, up to this point, uh, we've definitely been focusing more on uh, genres that are either, like, you know, our all-time favorite kind of genres, or um, we've been on, on a bit of a turn-based kick lately, mm-hmm. talking about a lot of turn-based games. But uh, the other thing is that... we gotta ra- talk, we got to talk about some other turn-based games. Ooh, you turn based yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is actually just as, as a genre, I would actually say that the racing game genre, it's been a bit of, it's been on a bit of a down, a downturn. It's been a bit declining. Bit of a bumpy road. Bumpy road. Uh, you know. The, There's going to be a lot of puns this episode. <laughs> oh yeah. And they're not coming from me for once. Wow. The, the genre, anyway. the genre, you know, ran on a boost a while ago. One yeah. thing that hasn't run out of boost in the uh, in the racing games is the uh, is the graphics. They always seem to be turned up to eleven, along with uh, attempted simulations of, of real uh, driving mechanics and and uh, and environments. Yeah, like that's that's how you tell like when a new console comes out. You look at the racing game, like what can this console do in terms of graphics? That's just like. Yeah, that car looks real good. <laughs> yeah, the thing about the thing about racing games is racing games I feel have always looked better because 
something like just the geometry of a car is so much easier to render uh you know that you 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 don't get the uncanny valley yeah not from the car you get definitely get the uncanny valley more from like the crowd yeah yeah from the, yeah <laughs> if they're but, not the static elements you know that you'd expect to find on some sort of nintendo world simulation yeah but you know a racing game it's always, you know, they've always been sort of pushing at the limits of what the console can actually put out in terms of photorealism. Um, and especially, like, because the geometry is more simple, I think it allows the developers to focus a bit more on things like uh, like reflections and shadowing and lighting and making those look really good. Um, one thing, actually, in particular, I even remember uh, uh, one of the games that I really, one of the racing games I played a lot of, uh, that I really enjoyed, uh, Burnout Paradise. Um, it had it was a bit of ahead. Of, it was a bit ahead of its time in terms of calculating some sort of weird shadow setting um, about like ambient occlusion. I think it was, uh, which at the time was a fairly high performance setting that a lot of games couldn't really implement very well. Um, and it, it's just like this subtle uh, shadowing effect that it just really bumps that. Um, photorealistic lighting. Mm -hmm. you, so you sound exactly like a like a marketing dude working for <laughs> one of those big yeah. name console manufacturers. And one other you hear that marketing dudes reach out and uh, you know we can talk. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that racing games uh, do pretty well is that like a lot of them uh have good frame rates like a good frame rate in a racing game is really important so to have, for these games to be able to pull off just these like really good graphics as well as a solid frame rate like when they're able to do that like they're some of the best looking games uh out there and speaking of frames a lot of games these days are great at simulating damage to the vehicles and the corresponding uh effects these will have on uh your driving capabilities one the car manufacturers let, the, let them <laughs> that that's that was always the uh the rumor i feel like destruction in racing games uh has really taken an arc um you see the early games, like, for example, uh, probably one of the earliest is just weapons that uh, affect gameplay mostly. Things like in Mario Kart, you know, your classic shells, bananas, etc. Uh, but these days, a lot of the, especially the simulator games, if your car gets damaged, um, they're going to separately simulate the effects uh, on the driving capability of your car versus uh, ones that are just cosmetic um, and then there are some games that take destruction to an extreme, and it is a central, integral part of the gameplay. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we should, uh, I think we can get into some, uh, specific games now. Probably, the first racing game that I spent any, like, amount of time into was Excite Bike. Oh, Excite Bike. <laughs> <laughs> you might not, might not come to mind when you think of a racing game, but, yeah, like... Excite Bike, Excite Bike's sick. Great music, had a track editor. Yeah, I was never any good at it, but when they released like uh, the cart of Excite Bike for uh, 3DS or something like that, they released like a 3D like Excite Bike classics, and I'm like, oh yeah, Excite Bike, and I played that. I'm like, oh right, this game, this game's really simple, but it's still pretty fun. I have not played Excite Bike. 
was that a Super Nintendo game? Uh, no, uh, that was a NES game. No, that was a NES game. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think the earliest one I played was the um, NES Mario Kart. The SNES Mario Kart? S- the Super Nintendo <laughs> Mario Kart, rather. Super Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart. And, uh... Um, but the main r- racing game that I played was Super Mario 64. Uh, that was one of the first ones. Mario was... Kart 64. You did, th- you did this again! <laughs> I am just completely <laughs> driving you guys nuts, aren't I? I'm, I'm gonna slip in Super into just about every game title that you can possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, out. Super Mario 64 is actually a racing game. Yeah. It's all about those speed runs. <laughs> yeah, well, no, like you go on the, the slide and you. But no. Yeah, Mario Kart 64, definitely way, way up there uh, in terms of the. Not just the the levels um, and the single player experience, but of course the multiplayer and especially the battle mode. Even though that's not really what I would call racing in any way, shape, or form, um, but also just the levels themselves having these cool little secrets uh, that required skill to master, like on uh, the Koopa Koopa Beach, um, making the ramps and shortcuts tend to be a pretty big thing in a lot of different racing games where usually by either knowledge or skill, you'll be able to pull off something to save time. And uh, that was something I was pretty obsessed with. In the final level, they had uh, Rainbow Road, and there was a massive shortcut that you could take that would basically skip uh, the entire lap uh, if you did it right. And if you did it wrong, it would send you careening into the void, um, and you would uh, suffer a pretty nasty time penalty and not be in a great place to attempt the uh, shortcut again, and so it was kind of either a do-or-die thing, and uh, I learned how to master it consistently enough that I could uh, win the single-player Grand Prix that way. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I think... I'm trying to think of the first racing game I played, and I, I can't... I can't quite... I didn't... It wasn't actually a SNES game. I think the first racing games I played would have been on the N64, actually. And uh, there were a few that I, I, I played on that. My favorite N64 racing game was a game called Revolt. <clears throat> um, Never heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So basically the concept with Revolt is that your car, it's an RC car. Okay. okay? Uh, you start out with like electric RC cars, which are okay. And then as you progress through the campaign, you unlock gas powered RC cars, which are way better. <laughs> <laughs> or well, they're harder to control, but can you know higher top speeds, stuff like that. Very common dynamic in a lot of racing games for the high top, uh, higher top speed cars to have worse handling. Um, one of the things I really liked about Revolt though was just that the the courses were really cool because you'd have like RC cars outside on outdoor courses. You'd have like weird indoor courses. You like race through a bowling alley. Um, and just, like, the level design was really interesting, where they, they took locations you would recognize from just, like, everyday life and turned them into racetracks for RC cars. That sounds really cool. It also had a level editor, which I always love a racing game with a level editor, even though I'm pretty sure I have never made a good... I have never made a good track to race on in any of those <laughs> racing game level editors, but I always try. Nice. It's just fun to make courses. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you know, Mario Kart 64, another classic. Mm-hmm. Diddy Kong Racing. 
Diddy yes. Kong Racing. Now that's that's one of those gems, absolute gems. Yeah, that game is so cool. You uh, got your carts, you got your hovercrafts, and you got your planes. Three different ways to race. Yeah, I love that concept of having the multiple types of uh, racing, and it even honestly was pretty balanced for the I most part. I was just going to say that, yeah. They did a good job of balancing it. Yeah, um, it was like there wasn't an obvious. I think it, definitely some courses leaned towards one or the other. Obviously, well, some but, courses you could only use certain cars. Yeah, but overall, it was actually like on the courses where you could use multiple types, it was fairly, fairly balanced. Surprising, also difficult. Also, Diddy Kong Racing had a very cool battle mode. I actually think it had a better battle mode than any Mario Kart game. Uh, uh, it had, I would say, a better variety of items and also better courses every time i think diddy kong racing i always think about the ice pyramid <laughs> oh uh, I, I don't know if i'll agree with you about the the battle mode but there was one um mode in diddy kong racing that was awesome where everybody was in planes and they had to grab eggs from the center and bring them back to their Nest. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was. And cool then you could steal too. eggs from other people's nests as well. So it was that was a really fun mode. That sounds awesome. jacking people. Yeah, that was a really cool mode, and it was sort of interesting. Yeah, because it's kind of like it's kind of like a battle mode, but it's also it's like it's like a. I mean, it, yeah, it's a competitive mode. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like, yeah, yeah, really cool game. Uh, and I also just loved the way that they made the progression through the single player uh, into like the nice little overworld and, and oh yeah yeah and it had those freaking boss fights too yeah boss yeah. fights in a racing game boss or else game. I, I mean Mario Kart DS also had boss fights in like one of its side well, modes yeah well Mario Kart DS the best Mario Kart because it had the challenge mode yeah it had all those different challenges so yes. it, like it was you know, it just had the most stuff of any Mario Kart and also had great tracks. It introduced the Retro Cup as well. Yeah. And it also was the first one with online play, even though the online play was uh, questionable. Definitely. <laughs> Very questionable. Um, one of Before we move on from N64 games, there's two other racing games of uh, that gaming console that were really... Uh, experience defining for me it was a simulator game called mrc racing uh, which i'm sure pretty sure is one of those uh um backronyms um but uh yeah so mrc had a total of 10 different vehicles uh to choose from only three tracks but the cool thing was with each of those 10 vehicles was that you had a massive amount of customization for the individual parts you could tune them uh one way or another uh you could give yourself um, you know, uh, more like a lot tighter braking uh, if you needed that, or you could equip brakes that were better for drifting. Um, there was components that would work better for uh, off-roading versus on-road conditions. And what was interesting was that each of the sections of these three um, courses had both on-road and off-road sections, and you could kind of choose between the two. Um, the off-roading tended to be significantly... <laughs> more difficult and uh yeah so that was a big favorite and as well the other favorite uh was um lego racer 
Lego nice. Racer was yeah. was amazing. I think that's one of the few racing games we have mentioned on the podcast before. Oh yeah, yeah. Highly worthy of uh, shout out to the cave level with the apparently bumping music. We gotta yes. mention that for the third time. Yeah, we gotta mention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we shouldn't look it up though. It might actually be nowhere near as bumping as we remember. <laughs> well. We should totally make a video going back to Lego Racers. Oh, God. Oh, and, yeah. and, and have a first-hand reaction to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, another another game series that I really liked from the N64 racing series, uh, Extreme G and Extreme mm. G2. Mm-hmm. Not sure if you guys played those, but I would essentially describe them as F-Zero with, with motorcycles. <laughs> like it's motorcycle F-Zero. Uh, so, like, yeah, super high-speed, like, feature, like, futuristic motorcycles with weapons um i tried going back and playing it and i was actually extremely disappointed (laughs) uh it was a game that i definitely played a ton of when i was a kid and it does not hold up at all (laughs) man uh before we get too far into the future i got a few older ones like i'll mention uh rad racer for the nest that was a rad game uh (laughs) It was a. It was made by SquareSoft. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, before they, you know, only put out Final Fantasy games, uh, and RC Pro Am. RC oh, Pro Am yeah. is sick. Yeah. That's that's just a fun fun little arcade racing game where you're just racing around these loops as an RC car, picking up you know, oil slicks and speed ups and stuff. That was really cool. Um, Another Super Nintendo racing game that I played a ton of was a Top Gear Two. Top Gear Two. Yeah. And was it based on the show Top Gear or no I relation? Yes, I don't know. I was a kid. I didn't. I didn't even know that Top Gear was a show back then. Uh, a series for the for the Brits. Uh, but uh, I so that game had a password entry uh, thing. Ah, and oh, yes, password entry. Because it had it had a progression through these stages that you go through, and you gain money based on your finishes that you can use to upgrade your car uh, between levels. So that was that was really cool. But I figured out the level select code by accident. <laughs> I don't quite remember how to do it, but it involved like entering in a like really long password and then having like the number of the level you wanted to go to at the end backing out going back into the password screen and doing something else something weird like that but i just messed around with the password so much that i figured it out that's awesome (laughs) so that was really really weird um and i uh you guys you know were more n64 uh kids back then but being the I was more of a PlayStation kid, so there were a couple other games I played. Um, Need for Speed Most Wanted, or no, not Most Wanted, uh, Hot Pursuit. Oh, Hot P- Pursuit. the PS1 was awesome. Yeah, Hot Pursuit was awesome. I played Hot Pursuit on the PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, yeah, scratch it. Yeah, actually, I think Need for Speed Hot Pursuit might have been one of the first, need, or, or maybe not Hot Pursuit, but a PC Need for Speed game was actually the first racing game I think I ever played. One of the really old ones. Yeah, I think Hot Pursuit might have been my first Need for Speed game. Yeah, because like the first Need for Speed game I think was for the 3DO. Damn. So and it was called the Need for Speed. The Need. <laughs> the Need for, for speed. speed. Yeah, 
But Hot Pursuit was sick because it, it was, you know, pretty fun racing, but it also had, like, the cop mode where you could, like, lay down spike strips and stuff to, that. like, catch yeah. the uh, racer. Lay down the law! I can't remember if the first Need for Speed had the competitive mode where one player is playing as the cop and one player is playing as the... I, Hot Pursuit did yeah 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 i just can't remember if that was in there from the first hot pursuit or if that was in hot pursuit 2 it always hot felt pursuit 2 was like a 360 game so it always felt great to get away when you're playing hot pursuit or maybe hot pursuit 2 was a different game and then they remade it and released a new i know they released a new need for speed game called need for speed hot pursuit for the 360 era i believe before we go too far into the future, we should go uh, into the past a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Pod Racer. Yeah, Star Wars Episode One Pod Racing was, I, I'm going to say, it's the most interesting movie tie-in game I, I've ever seen because they basically just took the one section of the film, the, ra- the pod race, and decided... Yeah, you know what? We're just going to make an entire racing game around this sequence. <laughs> like, there's not a... I can't actually think of any other film uh, tie-in adaptation games where they've just decided to kind of, instead of just making a sort of game that's trying to be the whole film or something, that they're just like, no, we're going to focus on making a game about this one aspect of the film. And honestly, the game, like, it, they, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. They, they made a very, very good uh, racing game in the sort of, like, futuristic, um, like, hover racer genre, which also includes things like the F-Zero series and the Wipeout series, um, to a lesser extent, Extreme G, which I mentioned. <laughs> but uh, but it, it, was, it was really well done, and it had uh, kind of an interesting control scheme, interesting maps... Um, and you get to play as the various characters in the film, as well as others, uh, racing your crazy futuristic pod racing thing. And I mean, that was like the was like the best part of Star Wars Episode One. So <laughs> I'm just glad their Dual tie-in face. game wasn't uh, some sort of babysit Jar Jar game. <laughs> so I also played uh, Star Wars. Episode 1 Pod Racing, but I played the GBA version. Oh, God. Oh, God, help you. That's not as good. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> and, like, this is coming from, like, somebody who was, you know, pretty young when they played it, and even then I knew this is rough. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, racing games on the GBA. Mm, I don't hey, know. They, they, they ported the SNES version of F-Zero to it. That's okay. Good. Okay. And I haven't, I haven't actually played the uh, GBA. Mar- I haven't played Mario Kart Advance, but maybe that's good. I don't know. I, I didn't really like it. Okay. Let me put it this way: this is probably the first time you've ever heard me talk about the Game Boy Advance Mario Kart. Well, nobody does. So <laughs> that's there's a reason for that. Speaking of. Uh... Somewhat obscure Mario Kart, which I guess the advanced version is. Uh, me and Sean went to this arcade in Richmond once. Yep. And we pl- and there was a Mario Kart uh, arcade. Oh, was it Mario uh, Kart GP? Down. It was a sit down 
uh, so probably Mario Kart GP, I don't remember, uh, and we were playing it, and it was, like, surprisingly difficult. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I crashed. I mean, I crashed my kart a lot, but the game also crashed. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> yeah, it freaking blue screened on me, and then boot up at, and then boot up, like, you know. Like wow. like it was DOS or something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mario enters the Matrix. So I I count that as a win in my books. I I, I de- that's definitely a podium finish. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah. But did you play against Pac-Man? Pac-Man was in that game, I think. Oh, I man. feel like there was some strange cars. Like I was that the one with the Mercedes Benz in it. That so oh, I mean they that put Mercedes Benz in that the was three D. Did no, they? they put it in the 3DS. 3DS? That was so stupid. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> just Sean, Sean just trying to reach for chips without making a ton of noise. Yeah. And then everyone, Do you want a chip, Sean? And then everyone yeah, just I'm everyone a, just goes dead silent. I'm gonna I'm I'm grab a I'm gonna take a minute for these chips. All right, grab some chips. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Before we get on too far uh, from you know mentioned F Zero, uh, which is a series that like. Me and everybody else wants to come back. Oh, everyone, oh yeah, everyone wants more F Zero games. Yeah, um, I played I played some of the Super Nintendo F Zero, but I played I played a lot more F Zero GX for the GameCube. Yeah, I think GX is really where the series. Sh- it's where it really it's the last out. game they released. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, it was. I'm it gonna was be awesome. honest. The SNES one, it was not that good. Oh, the SNES one's fun. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't play it during the right time period. <laughs> uh, but yeah, F-Zero GX. Uh, my favorite thing to do in that game was like you could like do a weird like sp- spin thing around your car, which you could use to like, push other cars. So I would constantly just like try to knock people out using that and damage their cars. And... Nice. Uh, it also had the freaking story mode. Which was super hard. I didn't get very far in it, and it's something that I've been meaning to go back to for a very long time because that game's so good. And uh, that game. I think. All... I think like even even beating the story mode at all is an achievement. Yeah, like a lot of people talk about just how difficult that game is, and that that game also had great music. Well, and as I recall too, the uh, the AI is completely busted in that game. Especially like later in the story mode, like it cheats really badly. Ah <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I mean rubber banding in racing games. It's it's an old staple. I don't know. Have you guys played any like really weird racing games? Uh, because I played one called Sledstorm. <laughs> Sledstorm. Where you were racing around snowmobiles, and it was weird, really weird because it, again it had like a upgrade progression system it wasn't like a cart racer i don't believe it had items or anything it was just really weird i remember playing this one game for the pc where it was it was actually quite a funny game so i cannot remember the name of it yet but essentially you're flying around in space towards these objectives it's clearly a racetrack of some kind but there's junk flying around and so 
you're trying to collect this junk to upgrade your car, um, but at the same time, your car is constantly breaking down, and so some of the junk that you've collected is flying off of you, and so people later on in the race can grab the parts in order to try and boost their car better <laughs> and keep up with you. Well, that's cool. And uh, it, was quite an, it was quite an old game. Um, I think I must have played it around 2005-ish, maybe even later than that, maybe 2008. Um, yeah, that was super fun. Um, I remember, uh, <laughs> when you're at the front of the pack and you're flying super fast, it was quite difficult to pick up the good pieces of junk, and it was quite easy to just smash into things to cause your junk to fly everywhere. So usually I would uh, assume a position in second. I call this the blue shell strategy. Uh, assume the position in second and try and grab the goodies and, and make a dash for it at the end. Yeah, that was that was a fun game. Cool. I'm not sure it's that weird, but I remember there was this one game. It was called Monster Truck Madness. All right. Uh, and basically it was just... I mean, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Basically, you just... You race monster trucks. And, uh, yeah, it was on the N64, and it was, it, I think it was also on PC, maybe? But it was a, I think I played it on the N64. It was, it was, it was interesting. Um, it was a bit weird sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I don't actually remember enough about that game, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it right. exists. I also remember this other weird game that, uh, was on... I think the GameCube. I, I literally I can't even remember the name of it, but it was like an off-road, like rally racing game, and so you choose, you choose like a truck, okay? And these were all like licensed actual trucks, <laughs> like you could get like an an F one fifty or like a Toyota, um, oh what's that Rav four? Like you could so. Pickup trucks. Pickup trucks, yeah. Uh, and then you could, like, you know, modify them with, like, you know, put a better winch on it or, you know, upgrade your tires. Um, the weird thing about this game, though, is that literally it's just, like, I swear you're just, it's just, like, here's a hillside. Here's just, like, some, <laughs> like, there isn't even really a track. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's like someone took... Like some aerial topography, and they were just like importing it from some database, and then they were like, "Yeah, just race on this." They they got their uh, wires crossed between aerial aerial photography and level geometry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it didn't even make sense. Like there weren't there weren't there weren't tracks. the The races were awful. Like. <laughs> It was as if someone had taken real mountainsides and just arbitrarily threw check mar- like like marker points and were like just just drive around them and find them. And sometimes it's hard to find where the actual checkpoints are. So you'd be driving you'd be just driving around lost with your like aftermarket modified actual pickup truck. And then you'd like flip over into a ditch that you didn't see and then have to like use the winch to write yourself. <laughs> um, which, don't get me wrong, that's like a, that's an interesting concept for a racing game, but it was weird. Jeez, okay. Yeah. It, it didn't... I don't think it really worked that well, to be honest. 
Huh. All right. So, in terms of, like, more realistic racing games, like, the, yeah, the last racing game I played a bunch of, excluding Mario Karts, um, I, I bought it and, like, didn't even necessarily want it. But I bought it as part of the Xbox Live chat pad bundle. And this was Project Gotham, Project Gotham Racing 4. Ah, it was this bundle that came with a year of Xbox Live, a Xbox 360 chat pad, and the game. And it was only like, you know, 10, 15 bucks more than a year of Xbox Live normally. So I thought, hey, what the hell. And I actually played a ton of that game. That game is really, really fun. Uh, you can race cars as well as bikes, uh, and naturally, you know, handled differently. And you know how in a racing game, if you you know bump cars against each other, depending on the damage modeling, and uh, you know you just bump off each other, right? Maybe you push somebody around. Uh, you could mess up people on bikes real bad <laughs> by slamming into them. And the game also had like. You earned kudos for doing sick, like, race stuff. Like, if you drifted a bunch, you got a bunch of kudos. If you did wheelies, uh, there was a huge variety of cars you can you play. Um, uh, the, the worst part about it was there were some, like, classic roadsters. Like, you know, the, like, really long cars where you're sitting kind of in the back with a long kind of nose... And these cars handled like garbage <laughs> in the game because they kind of handled it realistically. And there were a couple races that were just like these really long races with some really fucked up turns that you could only use the roadster on, and they were like challenge courses. So you would just so just like trying to beat these things going like it basically is the game that I learned, oh, you know. Sometimes you need to break. <laughs> you can't just play race all racing games like the Mario Kart and just have constantly on the gas the entire time. But yeah, it was just like this 12-minute long to get like the bronze medal or whatever, and I couldn't even get that on some of these races just because wow. I would be spinning out constantly. I think one of them was even in like bad weather conditions too. <laughs> this reminds me of that mini game from Mario Party 2 where you were racing on like a slot track car and it just seemed as if though the the best strategy would be to hold down the gas because there's no movement <laughs> there's only gas and brakes and you that spin was out, right? yeah yeah and then you'd spin <laughs> out if you were going too fast around the corners mm-hmm. and that was uh that was where it really hit me that uh um that was the closest mechanic that I've seen to real life let me tell you don't take a don't take a corner too fast <laughs> Okay, I, I actually I found the name of that game. It is Four by Four Evolution Two, I believe. <laughs> All right. Yeah, not not actually a good game. I don't recommend playing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think honestly, like everything you're saying about Project Gotham Racing, this is basically why I I mostly play arcade racing games. <laughs> if I wanted a real racing experience, I'll just go drive an actual car. Because so I just don't like realistic racing games. Well, uh, like I, I was kind of in the same boat, but 
playing Project Gotham 4, like, that actually had a really good progression, like, where the uh, earlier cars that you drive, like, they handle a bit more like arcade races in that, like, they, they can't go all that fast, so you can take corners fairly, f- like, hold the gas, and, you know, they, ha- they handled really nicely. And then as you progressed, you got to the faster and faster cars, and so you had to incorporate, you know, driving a bit smarter throughout the game as you got these faster and faster and faster cars. And so that sounds brilliant. Yeah, like sometimes, sometimes I've jumped into you know uh, a racing game, gone to like quick play, picked you know one of the fastest cars or whatever, and you just spin out every corner because you don't know how to you know what you got to do for that specific you know speed of car. But yeah, the the progression was pretty good in that. Uh, same with, like, Need for Speed Underground. I played a decent amount of that oh, game. I love Need for Speed Underground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that Need for Speed Underground, I feel like that one hit, it hit a good middle ground between mm-hmm. something more like an arcade racer and something trying to be a bit more realistic. Yeah. Also, that's... you could customize your car, and I, I actually really enjoyed that in mm-hmm. that game. Yeah. It's because of Need for Speed Underground... Despite not knowing really anything about the real life car, I kind of want to get a Mitsubishi Lancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's yeah. the car that I drove in the in underground for a while. Nice. One of the most interesting racing mechanics uh, to me, especially with how it gets abused, is the out of bounds systems that they use. Right. Um, and most often, the out of bounds system is the primary way that uh, speedrunners or People just generally looking to get illegal amounts of edge on their competitors would use to fly off the level at key points, and uh, the poor pra- programmers didn't account for people doing such things. And uh, then the game thinks that you should be uh, placed back on the map, far ahead from where you actually flew off. And uh, there's really been some impressive uh, shortcuts that could be had in quite a few games that have that mechanic, everything from Mario Kart to, uh, I remember there was one in Lego Racer. Yeah, short, shortcuts in those, like, arcade races were pretty cool. I'm a bit disappointed that it seems like the Mario Kart games have got, they don't have shortcuts really anymore. Yeah, they've really gone away from, from like, including shortcuts. The be- best they got is, you know, here's a corner, if you have a mushroom or a star, you can cut this corner. But... Like the you know the the little stairs in um, Daisy Plaza or whatever you go on, or the uh, the cannon in that one Mario Kart sixty four map. Yeah, maybe not cannon, yeah. but you know what I mean. Or or you know just like the alternate path in Mario Wario's Gold Mine and stuff. Like yeah, that that that's cool stuff that makes for a for a more dynamic race. And I can't really think of any... Yeah, in Mario Kart Mario specifically, Kart what I really liked as well is that they would often give you a shortcut, but the shortcut path doesn't have items. Yeah. And so it, 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 you, you have to consider whether you want an item. And, you know, if you're in the lead or if you're in a higher placement, then you don't. you're probably going to be more likely to try and take the shortcut uh, since you don't get very good items when you're leading but but yeah interesting interesting mechanics with the shortcuts and i i 
will never forget the one shortcut in Mario 64, Rainbow Road, where you can fall off the level and land. Yep, the one that it's, I was talking about. Yeah, the one that Sean literally brought up earlier in this podcast. Oh my god, really? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes... You've entered the zone. Sometimes I've entered the angry sun zone. Maybe you were in the phone zone. I was in the phone zone. <laughs> the phone zone. Yeah, that is it, honestly such a fun, high risk, high reward uh, shortcut. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was definitely something satisfying about uh, hitting that one. There was also another one in Wario Stadium where uh, you could give yourself an illegal amount of bouncing um, and bounce <laughs> yourself right over one of the walls uh, that definitely wasn't intended. Yeah. You could also, um, if you didn't make the jump at the end, you were fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, speaking of shortcuts, though, um, one of the things that I loved about, you know, Mario Kart uh, DS was the fact that in the time trial mode, uh, you got an amount of mushrooms uh, dependent on the, your cart's stats, because the carts had... Uh, various amounts of stats, and one of them was items. So, for certain courses, it was correct to you know choose the ones that had item a high item score, even though it might have less top speed because you could take a sick shortcut. But yeah. other tracks, like you know, you, you had more advantageous to use the better stats mobile and try for you know just a clean race. And, yeah. and also, I think the the higher items ones also had had better off road stats too. Mm. <laughs> so, is do I want to race super skillfully or do I want to cheese the shit out of this course? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Most people would refer to the game guides when figuring out where to ideally use the mushroom, or even a YouTube video. For for my guide to utility on mushrooms, I refer to the likes of Terence McKenna and Paul Stamets. All right. <laughs> yeah, no. But speaking of time trials and uh, shortcuts, that's a great seek into one of my favorite racing games, uh, Trackmania. Oh, forever. hell yes. Actually, Trackmania any, is super dope. Any, Trackmania. Any, tra- oh. any Trackmania game, but the one I, I played so much of was Trackmania Forever. And that game is... It, it's one of the most, it, it's one of the most like over the top, uh, arcade racers, uh, quite <laughs> literally, uh, the physics in Trackmania are amazing. Are can, irrelevant. <laughs> uh, you can, you can ride walls, you can ride ceilings, uh, y- your car can just get so much air. It can jump at insane high speeds and just like sore. Some of my favorite tracks from that game required you to do nothing but hit the accelerate. And uh, if you if you did exactly that, you could finish the whole circuit, meanwhile doing insane tricks that just leveraged the ridiculous physics of this game. Yeah. Um, a lot of track... Now, the, one of the things that sets Trackmania apart is that it is basically time trial only. Uh, it's time trial... It's pretty much time trials in single player. And if you play multiplayer, it's really just uh, time, like there's no collision with the other players, and it's really just trying to get the best times on uh, whatever the map is that you're playing in multiplayer. But a lot of maps, both the official maps and user-made maps, because you, uh, Trackmania had a very uh, in-depth track editor, uh, they pretty much always had shortcuts all over the place. 
Uh, I really enjoyed uh, actually playing the multiplayer online because you would just have the most insane user-created maps because not only could users design the map, they could imp they could import their own textures, they could import their own music, <laughs> yeah. um, w w for better or worse. I feel uh, like there must have been countless Mario Kart remakes then. Not really, actually. Um, Trackmania 2 was mostly dubstep. <laughs> yeah. Really awful, out-of-place dubstep. Yeah, the music <laughs> didn't always work, um, but... But overall, it was it was a really fun game with just the controls. Despite the physics being completely insane, the controls still felt really good and really tight, which is obviously critical to any racing game. Yeah, and there's no racing game that nails like absurd physics. I feel like quite like Trackmania. Um, I also really liked uh, the Trackmania United uh, Forever, like track because there was like a free version and then there was like a, a sort of paid version. And I did end up buying the uh, paid version Trackmania Trackmania United, which had some additional, it had some additional sort of themes, and the car is handled a bit differently. So there was this like crazy, almost like almost like kind of outrun styled uh like tropical laser vibe um levels and i really loved those ones in particular because the car the car was even faster uh there was tubes that uh were a track element and you could spin around them uh and i always love that <laughs> every good racing game has that uh and uh, yeah i don't know it's just such a such a so, such a fun, like, absurd racing game. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. A any racing game where doing a loop-de-loop... -loop, any racing game where, like, doing loop-de-loops is, like, a simple thing you'll do in the first level, and it only gets more insane from there, it has my vote. Uh, yeah. Trackmate is pretty dope. It's, it's, it's a... It's something that I could like, lose myself in if I started playing it, uh, so I haven't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, and also, like, just the in-depth, uh, in-depth map, the in-depth map editor, although there were a lot of bad user-created maps, there were also a lot of just incredible user-created maps, uh, with really interesting ideas that you just wouldn't see, uh, in most other games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Partly that's because some of them are just like a joke. <laughs> yeah. All right. you, now, you brought up, you know, music in racing games with Trackmania. Now, I'm going to play for you the best tra music track in any racing game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Daytona USA has the best fucking music, man. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah. And another series that also has a amazing music that I've never gotten into and never like had the opportunity to try is Ridge Racer. I really want to try Ridge yeah, Racer. Yeah, I haven't game. played I haven't played any Ridge Racer. That's a shame. It's a PlayStation series. Never really <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Never really got into PlayStation. I have a PS3, that's it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you, you've gone into a PlayStation uh, racing series, Wipeout. Oh, yeah, Wipeout, actually, yeah. Yeah. We kind of talked about this a little bit on a previous podcast, I think, but I love Wipeout. Uh, I have Wipeout HD and Fury on the PS3, and it's a really great racing game. Uh, it's uh, in a futuristic sort of racing style of like an anti-gravity racer. Uh, it's very similar to F-Zero or the Star Wars Episode One Pod <laughs> Racer that we talked about earlier, but uh, it really nailed... It, it's got a great music uh, selection as well. Uh, more of a... Almost kind of a more dance-oriented uh, selection, but it's really, really fun. And the thing I like about it is that it's it's very much it's very much an extremely to the arcade side of like the sort of arcade control spectrum but it is a tough game um Mm -hmm. some arcade racers yeah the controls are easy right but not wipeout wipeout is an arcade racer with very interesting a very interesting sort of uh shoulder button control system for uh doing a lot of the more advanced moves and it demands a very high level of precision. Mm-hmm. By default, when you play the game on easy, it comes with like an autopilot assist uh, because you literally can't even drive uh, without just crashing into the walls constantly when you first start playing the game. Yeah, that's I, how that's how difficult it is. Yeah, I tried one of the wipeout games at your place, I think, and like I got second to last. On the first race, and it's just like, uh... Wow. Which, that was probably intentional. And it was probably with the pilot assist. Yeah. Yeah, because, um... One thing, um... One of the uh, instructors for my uh, game programming degree uh, worked at EA for a time on one of the Need for Speed games, and he... And we were talking about, like, you know, difficulty. And he mentioned how the AI in one of those games, the rubber banding was made such that you, like, no matter how bad you were doing, like, the next car in front of you was always, like, attainable to pass them. Like, they would, like, drive, like, up, like, sloppier to ensure that, you know, you always had, like, somebody to try and pass. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, because, like, yeah, rubber banding is certainly a thing in these games. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every major series has some rubber banding AI. If you're unfamiliar with that, basically it just means that when you're doing really well, the AI gets unfair speed boosts, and if you're doing really poorly, they get speed kind of demerits. Yeah, just I, it's a form of adaptive uh, AI, I suppose. Yeah, it's not very... In some games, it can be extremely unforgiving, though. Uh, mm. to the point where to win races you might intentionally do badly in the first lap or two just to avoid being completely crushed by the rubber banding yeah which i feel really like if you if you have to do that as a viable strategy i feel like there is something wrong with the design of your game yeah. to be honest but it is certainly some of the mario karts have had that in spades yeah well um, the, they well the rubber banding is like super evident with the items where the better you're doing the worse items you get like you're not going to get a a star when you're in first place because that's a super powerful item like you're all the times you won't even get a mushroom uh though i i have once gotten like in one of the games i got like 
I think it was Mario Kart 7. I got, like, the 7 or whatever in first place. It was really <laughs> weird. I'm like, wait, what? Okay, sure. Yeah. The Hail Mary of all items. Yeah. <laughs> Which Just item do you get? The item yeah, I think actually Mario Kart 7 specifically, I remember that the items in that one, you were much more like you seemed much more likely to get high value items in first or yeah. second in that game. I just didn't play much of that because just it made my hands hurt playing <laughs> that game. Like cuz like just the control scheme of it and constantly having to, you know, hit the bumpers to drift and stuff or some and maybe I was just like tensing up super hard playing it or something, but it just it just hurt my hands after a while. But all right. Three, two, one. Favorite Mario Kart track, go. Waluigi's Pinball. Good choice. My gears are turning. There's a lot of Mario Kart <laughs> that I've played. For me, Delfino Plaza. Oh, man. Oh, oh. You, you know what? I also gotta say Dolphin Shoals. Dolphin Shoals is pretty good. Dolphin Shoals is so good. From Mario Kart 8. Yeah, from Mario... I just, the way that sax hits as you come out of the cave, it's so perfect. Yeah, the, 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 how the music changes when you're in the water. And the music notes. changing when yeah. you're in the water. It's, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, for me, I'm trying to give you guys the exact name of this course, so I'm not mangling it. It's from the N64. It is the DK course. Uh, DK's like river or something, or right? It's I'm the, trying to remember the name. It's the level with the river crossing, though. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that was one of my favorite courses. Um, DK's Jungle Parkway. And the other one that I also liked, also from that game, was Peach's level, which is not Mario Raceway, I don't think. Actually, it might have been. The, the Royal Raceway? Yeah, Royal Raceway. Yeah. Yeah, that one was cool just because, hey, they have the same castle, basically, from Mario Super Mario 64 there. Yeah. And I was like... Here's the asset. <laughs> yep, they threw it in there. And there was me smashing into that fucking castle dozens of times, trying to be like, there must be a secret inside here. To no avail. Yeah. Uh, one Mario Kart game we haven't brought up yet is Mario Kart Wii. Uh, that's my personal favorite pick. Uh, because I loved the way the bikes handled. Yeah, the bikes were really cool in that like, game. It varied up the racing, because you could do the wheelie to... Uh, you know, sacrifice pretty much all of your turning power, and if you get, just got regularly bumped while you were wheeli wheeling, you'd, like, get messed up, but you got a bit of a speed boost for doing that, so it made the racing, like, you had more to do uh, in racing, and it, again, fantastic selection of tracks, the new ones as well as the retro ones. Oh, man, I love Koopa Cape. Koopa Cape is sick. Koopa Cape is one of my favorite tracks from that game. Yeah. So fun. And, and you get to go into water in a tube. It's a, yeah. yeah. It's got tubes. You love tubes. I love tubes. <laughs> Every good racing game has tubes. And yeah. the, the focus on like the tricks and like the, all the ramps and stuff, it was, it was just such a fun game. Uh, you know what was a real interesting game for me was uh, Mario Kart Double Dash with the... Um, with having, well, two racers in the same cart and therefore having, you know, up to two items, having different carts handle much differently. Uh, it definitely put variety on the Mario Kart series that to me stands out uh, uniquely and I really like that game a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, like, that was the first... 
Was that the first one where you could choose what cart you drove? I think it was. Unless the GBA one had that, I think it was the first one. I don't remember. Players can switch any time. Now, multiplayer in the same cart was pretty interesting. Oh, that was... <laughs> that was like a freaking like, Sonic the Hedgehog thing, where it's just like, one person is having a way funner time than the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Like... But that it that was kind of cool. Yeah, so. I don't know. I, I'm gonna be honest. I like Double Dash was fine, but I I I actually think it's one of my least favorite uh, Mario Karts for me, just because I felt like the controls were a bit weird in Double Dash. They were they were pretty fun. The one thing I remember they, they about Double bit... Dash is that like going off road without anything like wasn't as much of a penalty. I remember... Oh, what was that? Like, the DK Mountain? Specifically, like, there were, like, off-road sections that you just drift on it. didn't really matter. <laughs> but that level was really sick. Where you got shot out... Like, you went up, you got shot out of the cannon. Yes. Yeah. Went up the mountain, then yeah, down the yeah. mountain. Yeah, yeah. The game had map. some cool levels. I just... I, something about the way the controls were felt too... A bit loose. Mm. Uh, compared to a lot of the other Mario Karts to me. And then they also had the unique items. There was the fireballs, the giant bananas, uh, the Bowser shells, the eggs, the hearts. Yeah, the, the bomb bombs. The characters having the unique items. That was, that was pretty cool. Okay, so another racing game that I spent a lot of time with that I really enjoyed was uh, Burnout Paradise. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. And it's... I really like it because it's uh, it's a bit different than a lot of the other racing games we've talked about in that it is a single-player racing game. It's not a multiplayer racing game at all. And it's really more focused on, I would say, exploration and the progression through the game. Um, some of the Need for Speed games are kind of like that, too, but Burnout Paradise really nailed it, in my mind. Um, basically, the concept with Burnout Paradise is that there's sort of like a, a, a an open-world city, Paradise City, and each race takes place on a particular circuit around different parts of the city. And some races might be bigger than others. Uh, and it's kind of a cool concept that I like because you get to know the city over time, but the tracks are always changing. And so you're able to kind of learn the different areas of the city uh, to perform well. Uh, and you're able to learn the shortcuts in the different areas of the city. But the interesting thing is that sometimes those shortcuts only apply to certain routes through the city. Uh, and even the, the turns themselves are going to be slightly different depending on how you're coming into and going out of various areas. And I just really liked that... Uh, uh, just for a single-player racing experience, it really kept it interesting um, all throughout. Um, it also had like kind of a cool exploration aspect, uh, a bit of a collectathon, where there are billboards around the city, and the billboards. Uh, if you crash through, if you crash through the billboards, that basically counts as collecting the uh, uh, collectible. <laughs> And so there's sort of a side game, uh, in addition to just kind of like, you know, working through the, the all the races, 
there's sort of a side game of just exploring the city and finding every billboard to destroy. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. And also it's pretty hard sometimes because some of the billboards are really obvious, but they're actually hard to get to because you might have to find a hidden jump and hit that hidden jump at the right angle at high speed in order to crash into the billboard uh, to take it out. And, and it just had like a nice progression with like a lot of cars uh, that were just fun to drive. And as you get later in the game, similar to some of the things we were talking about with uh, other racing games, like the Gotham racing game, uh, definitely the upper tier cars are harder to actually manage. Uh, just the their difficulty uh, in terms of driving skill required goes up, but their top speed goes up as well. So mm-hmm. uh, that's obviously a really common mechanic in a lot of racing games that are more single player focused. And I really liked Burnout Paradise because for me, it, it really it perfect it perfectly walked the line between being a fun arcade racing game uh, and uh, being set in a more of a real world ish setting yeah um and so that was that was one of my favorites i spent a lot of time with that game it was a lot of fun there was multiplayer in that game was there yeah i played at your house once oh it was like hot seat multiplayer and you like hit billboards and stuff oh it was was like weird like one shot mini games almost oh yeah that's weird yeah you know what and i barely remember it because it was there we go there's a game that's coming back to me because of the nostalgia. It's the one we played with Matt with the Benny Hill music and the... Oh, Excite Truck? Yes, Excite, oh, Excite Truck. Oh, that was oh. such a weird... <laughs> yeah. I'll never hear the Benny the Hill music without thinking yeah. about that game and <laughs> the shenanigans we had playing that. Man, that game was like... That game was hard to control. <laughs> it seriously was. Yeah, it was It was crazy, though. Yeah, that was, that was great. Ah. Uh, Actually, speaking of uh, crazy games to control, uh, San Francisco Rush. Oh, uh, I love San Rush Francisco 2049, Rush. 2049, hell yeah. As well, like, yeah. Uh, this one uh, campground that I used to, me and my parents would go camping to all the time, I had a San Francisco Rush machine. And so, like, I I got, I never got good at it. <laughs> I it was a tough. It yeah. was San Francisco Rush twenty forty nine was a tough game, and uh, yeah, one of the things I really loved about that game is that it actually had like some interesting secrets. Mm-hmm. Like there were secret trick areas that you could find, and like there was this one section that had a whole almost like a skate park for cars uh, hidden on a hillside that you would never go to normally. Yeah, and. And you could just mess around and and uh, jump your car off big jumps and, and go off like cool tricks and stuff, which was which was really fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could play it at the arcade. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just the way that they had the different uh, car difficulties, and it's like you know dangerous, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, what, what, what were they all? I can't remember them. All. But it was just the way the announcer announced it. Oh, race game announcers. Uh, it was so good. Really good. Uh, <laughs> like, you got you get hype. Like, you got hype during your car selection. That's how good this announcer right. was. They get you early. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so 
Speaking of racing games played in arcade, there was one other racing game that I played a little bit of at that particular arcade, and it uh, it was a a time. Let's say it was called Hard Driving. Okay. And oh man, it it was one of the first examples of polygonal it was a polygonal game in 1989 oh wow uh and there was a speed track and a trick track and the trick track had a loop-de-loop that you had to you know be going fast enough to go over and it had like a stick shift as well uh and if you even bumped into another car, you get sent flying and your car would explode. It's a freaking rough game. <laughs> but, again, it was one of the, the first 3D games, so it's kind of a uh, kind of a time capsule in that way. Sean, I know you want to talk about uh, the, the driver games. Ah, uh, yes. Driver. Um, when I first played Driver, I couldn't make it past the tutorial. <laughs> um, at first. And uh, then I came back to it. Uh, yeah, that was one of my very earliest video game experiences, actually. Um, and uh, I remember playing it so late. I got in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) So, there was some good memories from that game. I played it for Windows, uh, specifically. uh, And that was one of the first games that I played after putting my computer together. So I had to, A, learn how to put this computer together. uh, B, learn how (laughs) how to install software. And C, how to troubleshoot that software when nothing appeared to go right. And Driver was one of the first games that I managed to success, make it work. Good times, good times indeed. Yeah. Uh, um, another racing game that I really enjoyed, uh, although it was uh, not popular for very long, uh, it was a game called Split Second. Oh, right. Yeah. Now, Split Second was kind of interesting because it had... Uh, so there was a couple things about it. First, uh, the single-player campaign was basically a fake reality TV show, which was just ridiculous. It was completely over the top, and it was, it was, it was, it was amusing. I, I liked it. Um, but uh, the main thing about Split Second is that it was interesting in that it, it had, it had a sort of combative element, um, but it wasn't traditional items. So you build a meter by doing tricks or drafting or things like that. And then you use this meter to trigger events that are in the level. Uh, at the at the bare minimum, some of these events are things like uh, that might be reusable, like, say, logs falling off a truck or something that then can get in the way of your opponents. Um, and and uh, Or just dropping things... Uh, off a helicopter like uh like an explosion off a helicopter you know just and sort of like cool a- and so they're kind of cool action events that are also uh basically uh combative plays to try and uh stop your uh, either uh stop your opponents 
uh, and hinder them, or actually to open shortcuts. And that was a really cool idea. And some of the set pieces just got kind of insane. Like, the, uh, there's one race course that is set in an oil refinery. And a lot of the events that you trigger, trigger, like, explosions. And at one point, there's, like, this big event you can trigger there, I think, where, like, a whole refinery stack just, like, explodes and falls over. And, like, permanently... And a lot of the, a lot of the big events permanently alter the course. Uh, Wasn't there a dam breach in the game, too? Yes. There, what, probably one of the biggest set pieces in the game, it, there's one course that takes place on a dam, and you can blow up the dam. And then the course <laughs> changes completely once the dam explodes. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was a really, it was a really cool concept for uh, kind of an alternative to traditional items. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it, but I don't think it was very popular. I don't think it sold well, and yeah. they, well, yeah, it. So it came out. I think it came out fairly close to Blur, which it was did. A, which was another game that was kind of this, in the same vein of like real, more realistic cars, but in like the kind of kart racer, like shit is happening on the track stuff. I think Blur might have actually even had like yeah, traditional Blur, items. Blur was yeah, Blur was basically trying to be a kart racer like with items but with actual cars. Yeah. Uh, whereas Split Second took a slightly different approach of uh, also being like, you know, fairly realistically styled with actual cars, arcade racing mechanics, but um, instead of items that feel out of place, you know, you trigger these events that are more like cinematic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, which I gotta say, like, the game was beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very, especially, you know, when you're triggering these big events, like, it really does feel like a movie climax on your race course. So, really cool. Um, I think I either watched you play it or played it with you. Yeah, we might have played it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I remember it, because it had online multiplayer as well, and it was... It worked pretty well, actually. Uh, it was it was a good game. It just didn't have much staying power. Um, I think part of that was because it, it didn't really have... Uh, once you had gone through the campaign, yeah, it did have multiplayer online, but ultimately the game just didn't have quite as much staying power uh, as a lot of other racing games, I would say. It was like... It, it's a really fun game, while it lasts, uh, but it doesn't. It doesn't have uh, as much depth to it. So, it's, uh, made by Disney. Yeah, it was made by Disney, which was also that was weird because I don't think Disney really ventured into gaming as much. They they tried they a couple tried, of times yeah. and shut shit down. Yeah, yeah. None of the, I like they canceled this really cool sounding Pirates of the Caribbean game. Where it was gonna be, you know, like a, like you know, an action adventure game in the vein of man, Jack Sparrow in the quest for the rum. It's not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Although it had a lot of positive reviews um, from critics, yeah, it just it was a commercial failure. Mm-hmm. Oh god, it only sold eighty six thousand copies. Jesus, really? That's okay, oh, but that's in its happened. first couple weeks. Oh, okay. Still, that's still pretty bad. It's pretty bad. As my yeah. dog would and say. They were, and it's funny because I think that they had a second game planned like before yep. the first one was even announced. 
And then they canceled it almost as soon as the game got released. Because the sales were so bad. Which was actually really sad, because I think that Split Second... Although Split... Although I just said Split Second didn't have much, like, staying power to it, I really liked it as a concept. I don't think any other game has even tried to rip off their idea of having events being triggered, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that. At least not, like, events triggered by the players. Yeah. Like, some games have, like... For example, like, Rumble Volcano and Mario Kart, like, that... Tri- the track changes fairly dramatically, like, as the, the uh, race progresses, but... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, like, you know, it's pretty funny to be in third place, and then you trigger a dam collapse, which literally destroys the cars in first and second, and then you just roll roll on through after the, uh, you know, through the ruins of this <laughs> dam collapse, which is totally... Uh, I'll note the dam collapse trigger was actually one of the most dangerous because it probably made the largest one of the longest sections of track just be destroyed of any of the uh, big set pieces in the game. Like it, the dam course was very dangerous, <laughs> and you would awesome. be guaranteed that someone would trigger it every race. That sounds so yeah. cool. So, would you call Split Second an underrated game? I would, actually. Awesome. Now that I think about it, Split Second's probably the most underrated racing game I've played. There we go. Um, I had fun I had fun for it. I, for it. <laughs> I had fun with it for a split second. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that game was all over the gaming news uh, for a very short time. Yeah. So, nominative, nominative determinism strikes again. Yep. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we've covered a lot of ground here. Very Uh, quickly. Yeah, uh, we prefer arcade racers and kart racers, I think, a bit more on this podcast. I I suppose, like, one more, like, realistic driving game every eight years or so probably keeps me satiated. (laughs) Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I mean, look at some of the um, Forza Horizon games. Those games look like they might be uh, quite a bit of fun. I'm try, trying, trying to play those, but I just don't have a device that could play them right now. Yeah. I, I find it amusing that we've made this episode about racing games, and literally not one of us has brought up Gran Turismo. No. Nope. I mean, I, I played a little bit of Gran Turismo 2. The problem is I never owned it. So I only played at, like, my cousin's house. And yeah. that game has a... There's a lot in that game. A yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. I never really got into them either. So... Again, yeah. PlayStation franchise. On the other side of the fence for me, I didn't, I didn't never got into Gran Turismo either. Uh, but yeah, I hope everyone's enjoyed this uh, very rapid and... Swerving and turning. Swerving and turning uh, segment of... uh, Entertainment. This isn't working. Nope. No, it's not. It's like there's a banana in your tailpipe right now. (laughs) We've spun out. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spun out of control. Lakitu needs us to get us back on track. Yeah. 
And with that, thank you very much for uh, listening to this episode of The Angry Sun Zone. You can find us on YouTube with some videos. As always, uh, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at Angry Sun Zone and at our Outlook account, angrysunzone at outlook.com. Send us an email, send us a DM. If you want to chat about, you know, racing games that you think we missed and that we should check out. Yeah. I hope everyone has a great race ahead of them. And that'll be us uh, crossing the finish line. Yeah, it's a photo finish. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>